Previously on Masks and Mayhem. The United Nations Irregular Operations Network, otherwise known as Union. The organization is to basically combat extraterrestrial threats and post-humans. I'm Sama. I play the speedster post-human Myra Hassan. I'm Rachel. I play Ruby Lawson, a film school graduate who creates illusions and objects after contact with unusual meteor. I'm Dan. I play Yardak, the first Atlantean ambassador to the surface in 200 years. Myra, Union needs people like you, and I'd like to offer you the chance of becoming an agent. Ruby and Yardak and a few other characters who were transported to an arena in space. One of the people that they were captured with, Gemini, who is a mimic who can touch people to mimic their powers. Gemini was a part of Union. Gemini's 19. But she's cooler than anyone I've ever met. Ruby, Bethany, your roommate, shuffles out of her room. Like, I know this is important, but we need to also make sure we're putting time into the movie? I, I just don't want to keep having to give everyone reasons for the delays. Betsy Bullard is not the best of friends with Yardak. Master mode. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Owen Wilson voice. Matthew McConaughey voice. Owen Wilson is the wow. <laughs> wow. It's a bright and sunny day out in Riverside City. Myra, you're walking downtown, thinking about your recent conversation with Union Agent Kevin Lewis. He had attempted to recruit you to the organization. What did you say? Like, yes, please, thank you. What do I do now? Despite his calm tone, you could tell that Lewis was delighted you accepted. The last month or so has been a whirlwind of light training and paperwork. And like many days in the last month, you arrive at the security entrance to Union Echo Base for a 10am appointment with Agent Lewis. Yardak, earlier this morning, long before 10am, you had been invited for yet another meeting with Director of Union Betsy Bullard. After passing through the security gates, you made your way through the nearly empty facility up to her office. You knock on the door and you hear a curt, yeah, come in. When you walk in, Bullard looks up, somewhat straight-faced but with a bit of a smirk. Hello, Yardak. Thank you for coming. <clears throat> Hello, Betsy. How's it going today? It's going well. Thank you for meeting on such short notice. Yeah, no problem. Uh, seems kind of empty in here. Everything okay? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. People haven't arrived for the day. Most people don't start getting in until around 9 or so. 
Uh, yeah, early bird gets the worm out here. Precisely. Frankly, Yardak, we have a mission that we need your help with. Uh, what's going on? There is an event this evening in Washington, D.C., and we are attempting to infiltrate, well, a uh, possible, for lack of a better term, post-human arms dealer. Uh, what kind of arms? That's what we're trying to figure out. It's all kind of rumor and, and speculation at this point, but there's a couple people there who we've been keeping our eye on, and it's unusual for them to all meet up. Ah, so it could be nothing, could be something worse. Exactly. But we need to covertly make our way in, and I thought someone like yourself would be uh, suited for the task. I am up for it, but also a little skeptical as the media has grown to put me on screen all the time now. Well, I can assure you there's not going to be any media at this event. They're keeping it very low-key. Yeah, I'm just worried I might be noticed by the people we're there to infiltrate. That's exactly the plan. Oh. <laughs> In that case, I guess I'm your guy. All right. And don't worry. You'll be going with the best of the best. Ah, the best, huh? Yeah, me. Oh, okay. Chicken's leaving the coop. That's a really weird way to put that. <laughs> Ruby, also early in the morning while Yardak is at his meeting, you're outside. You've got your sunglasses on and you're sitting next to your roommate Bethany Fletcher as she helms the camera for your latest day of shoots. Once again, you're in the alley across the street from your apartment. Bethany gives you a thumbs up and a big smile. Okay, so there shouldn't be any interruption today. I checked there shouldn't be any rain. We can get filming done. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, and I think we finally got this fight scene down. I, I think changing it from evening to morning was a good idea, Ruby. Well, somehow I always seem to be busy at evening now. The logistics, and you know what? Poorly lit fight scenes? Ah, everyone does that. Your lead star, Azra Jenkins, smiles as she hears this. It's been tough with everyone working other jobs and trying to find time to film. Ruby, tell us a little bit about what your movie is about. It is obviously an action movie, because there's some fight scenes. <laughs> and it's about a girl play uh, named Azra who gets thrown in unwittingly to a life of espionage. Ruby's movie may have changed a little bit since she got recruited into Union Semi, and her life has gotten a lot weirder. And Bethany kind of just slumps in her chair for a moment and says, let's just hope Beckett doesn't poach any more of our crew. That guy's such an asshole. Yeah, he is, let's just say, the worst. A couple hours later, though, Myra... You got a text from Lewis not long before you arrived at the base, asking you to come straight into the conference room instead of in the horns for training. As you enter the conference room, though, you see Gemini spinning around in a chair. She's, like, pulling her legs in to speed up momentum and then putting them back out again and just looks very gleeful. Yay! Agent Lewis looks up from the files on the table he was examining. Oh, good. Myra, right on time. Please, have a seat. I will. Doing well today, I hope? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And how's things been for uh, Mo at his job? Um, he's been doing well, staying out of trouble, which is all I care about, honestly. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I invited you here today to uh, try a different type of training. It's a little more hands-on if you think you're up for it. Sounds interesting. Agent Lewis swipes on his tablet and throws a big picture up onto the view screen, showing a grainy black and white footage of the inside of a bank vault. A person wearing a hood and mask calmly walks into view, grabs a bag of money, and walks off. Lewis speeds up the footage to show this person repeating this quite a few more times. Well, 
That's the first national bank of Riverside. And they lost exactly the federally insured amount. Wow. Yeah, it's unusual. That's like specific. <laughs> exactly. And that's not even really the strange part. Because the assailant, to the best cops can tell, never opened the door or broke anything to get in. And there's no record of the vault opening at all that day. Hmm. So I want you and Gemini to look into this. Okay. Gemini yells, bank heist mystery, as she spins yet again on the chair. This is going to be a blast. Yardak, for you, it's about mid-afternoon now. Uh, it's been a few hours since you and Director Bullard's meeting. So you've been flying from Riverside to Washington, D.C. in a private aircraft, uh, Union's Vulture aircraft for handling cargo and personnel. They provided you actually with a nice tuxedo for the event. Oh, you're pulling off the suit pretty well, Yardak. You ever worn one before? Uh, no, Betsy, I haven't, but I gotta say I'm digging the duds. She's piloting the plane and she closes off the pilot area. And a few moments later, um, Bullard comes back out into the personnel space. And instead of wearing her normal union uniform, the six foot tall woman is now wearing an elaborate shiny blue cocktail dress. Bullard ruffles around in a small matching clutch purse. Are you ready for this, Mr. Ambassador? Bring on the criminals, Betsy. Good. That's the attitude we're going to need. Now, well, at this event, I am going to be undercover because I can't go exactly saying that I am the head of a spy organization. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't go over too well if we're trying to locate arms dealers. That might spook them a little bit. Exactly. You, however, can't really uh, hide who you are. Ah, so I'm the bait. Precisely. Can my codename be Sharkbait? No. Damn. You know what? Fine. Your codename can be Sharkbait. <laughs> yes. The plane begins descending as she looks towards you. Okay, we're on autopilot, so we'll be landing in a few minutes. Where you need to refer to me, introduce me as Clara Johansson. I am Swedish, and I don't speak much English. Duh. <laughs> if anyone asks, you were invited by Robert Irwin. He was unable to make it, however. So I am your guest to this arrangement. As the plane lands, a uh, small, discreet black car pulls up, and you both get inside. The driver turns towards Bullard and nods curtly, uh, and you make your way uh, across D.C., actually across the river to Rosslyn, uh, which is just, just outside of D.C., and you pull on up to a large, tall skyscraper right along the river. Okay. Is this where the party's being held? Yes. And what is this party? It's the arms dealers meeting up. So, wait, so is it illegal arms or actual arms? And then they're just, they just also happen to be bad. No, no, no. They are all, like, being tracked as illegal arms dealers. Yes, yes, yes. I get that they are illegal arms dealers, but the event is legal. The event itself, yeah, as far as you know, is just a party of okay. a bunch of people. So that... That's why I was very confused. Okay. The party is being held in the Wagner building, owned by Tristan Wagner, who is one of the people that we're tracking. Gotcha. Okay. From the top of it, you can see the Washington Monument, the White House, the Capitol building, all of the National Mall. So you enter the elevator of the Wagner building, and when you come out, uh, you are at the near-top penthouse. It is an elaborate ballroom with four large stone pillars along the edges and a stage towards the middle. There is an office spot towards the back, and in the center is a small, uh, flowing fountain. When you enter the ballroom, you see servers walking around with trays of appetizers to various people in suits. Uh, roll a perception check. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, when you look around the room, you can see uh, there are quite a few uh, armed guards. There are, from your perspective, there are four armed guards. Okay. 
As you walk into the room and survey it, uh, you start to walk forward. Betsy nods over her shoulder. My eight o'clock, that's our target. And you see a government official. You can tell he's a government official because of the frumpy suit that he's wearing. Uh, And he looks uh, very uncomfortable and out of place. So do we think this government official is here to purchase these weapons? Or do we think he's here to try to stop them as well? Is he an ally? Well, the reason that we've come here is in part to find out why they've gathered. But also, I have reason to believe that, that this man is not a part of this group, but he is being seduced. And again, the, the man looks very like uncomfortable and kind of place. He's just kind of sitting off to the side. I want to approach him. Okay. Tell me about how that goes. I want to... I'm going to walk up to him and attempt to befriend him by saying, uh, hey there, um, hey, my... Shit, how am I... You talk to people, Dan. Not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to walk up to this man and just kind of, like, sidle up next to him and say, this is a bit more fancy than I was expecting, huh? And the man chuckles and uh, goes to introduce himself. Oh, good day. Um... Betsy had failed to mention he's with the Australian government. <laughs> I guess so. I'm Bernard. Uh, hello, Bernard. Uh, my name is Yardak. And his eyes light up. Oh my god, how did I not recognize you? Yeah, apparently my face has been uh, making the rounds on the TVs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, who's your friend here? Uh, this here is my friend Clara Johansson. Uh, she is from Sweden. She works for like a larger corporate conglomeration over there, and she's uh, my date for the evening. Betsy stands straight and just goes, da. That's German, not Swedish. <laughs> Fine. Betsy stands up straighter and goes, yeah. Does this a stupid question? Should I say, hey, Bernard, what? what? Actually, I'm going to need you to, now that I think about it, you're going to need to roll deception on Bernard. Okay. Uh, uh, 24. Uh, he just reaches out his hands and says, nice to meet you. Uh, likewise. So uh, what brings you here tonight? Well, the guy who invited me didn't show up. So, uh, now I'm just hanging out? Yeah, I was invited by somebody who stiffed me too, so that's why I have Clara here with me tonight, so it looks like we're in the same boat. And Bernard goes to say something when suddenly a, uh, tall, blonde man with sick back hair interjects himself in. Good evening, friends. I don't think we've been acquainted. Ruby? Yes? Back on set, you're struggling. It's gotten really hot out. Crew is sweating, and Azra is disagreeing with you on how her character should go about for the next scene. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Azra the character wouldn't do that. She would try to escape and live to fight another day. Um, so for the record, is her character, did I name her character after her? That's what you said earlier. Oh, I think I said Azra is playing this character. You said a character a, a character named Azra, oh. so I got the idea that you just named the character the same. I mean, it's a weird enough name that you probably would have used it. Nah, roll with it. Ruby, I'm just saying that Azra the character wouldn't act like that. I'm not saying that Azra me would act like that, but Azra the character, as we've established her, wouldn't just pick a fight where she doesn't need to. I think at this point she's seeking vengeance. She is so mad that she's not thinking straight. And Azra crosses her arms and just kind of stomps and kind of taps her foot on the ground a little bit i i just don't see it that way ruby i think at this point it's a turning point for the character you don't want characters to stay the same through the entire movie what makes characters engaging is how they change if you want to proceed with that you're gonna have to roll persuasion okay 
It's persuasion. Ooh, I had a lot of persuasion. Good. 19. And Azra, her shoulders unclench a little bit, and she nods and goes, all right, yeah, you're right. I see, I, I, I see what you're saying. Let's go with that. Okay. Here, make sure you get some water. It's pretty hot. And uh, she takes a big swig of water and says, all right, I think I'm ready to get back at it. Okay, let's do this. And Bethany comes Bethany comes up to you and says, is everything okay? I think everything's good now. Just had a little discussion about how we thought the scene should go. Okay, because just like, Asra's like sacrificed the most to keep this movie going. And I, I just, you know, we don't want to compromise your vision, but we also don't want to piss her off too much. She's doing this for free. Yeah, I know. If I ever make it big, trust me, I'm making sure she gets big with me. Myra. Yeah. So you and Gemini arrive at the bank. And the bank manager, Alexander Nataroma, leads you to the vault. And he's he's very flustered. I, I, I don't know how this happened. During, during our routine audit this morning, we discovered the missing bags and, and examined the footage. And just, and he punches in a code and the vault opens. And you can see, much like at the end point of the security footage, it's like half empty. Or half full. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the work of a post-human. And Gemini perks up and goes, all right, I can see that. Why do, why do you think that? I just don't see how there's any way a normal human being could pull this off. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying your idea's out there. I'm just saying, like, let's think of some other possibilities. Like, it didn't look like him in the footage, but maybe it was Brigand. Like, maybe he's got new gear. I guess it's possible. Either way, let's, let's examine the scene, see what we can find out. And as she says this, Gemini opens a pixie stick and just straight up eats it. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate Gemini. Gets me in the investigating mood. All right. If it works for you, it works for me. And Gemini kind of just starts making her way around around the vault, kind of just like pulling back some of the bags and looking at it. So, Myra, how'd you uh how'd you get into this into this gig? Um, how did I start working for Union? Yeah, yeah, I realized I didn't never really asked you about it. It sort of fell into my life. Lewis sort of tricked me into coming to headquarters. I thought I was saving somebody's life, but I was being set up. It wasn't a very fun experience, but the next thing I knew, he was asking me to be an agent. Yeah, that sounds like Kevin. I didn't meet him until I was uh, transferred over here to Riverside, but he's he's mellowed out. I think you guys have been part of that. That's mellow? No, no, no. I mean, like, since you guys have, like, you know, started helping out and been around more, he's just become more committed to the cause. Like, I don't know. Okay, that makes sense. He just seems a little more dedicated to the job. It's not just uh, putting away bad guys. It's helping people. Aw. I'd like to think that we influenced him that way. So what about your, uh, your family? Uh, I heard you got a brother? I have a brother that I'm very close with. It's my sister that sometimes butts heads, but we're still, we're still, I would call us pretty tight knit. Nice, nice. Family's, family's important. Do they both know your secret? Yeah, they both know about my powers. Sometimes my sister covers for, for me if I have to go somewhere uh, spontaneously. Um, and my brother, really, he's done me so many favors. Oh, but your parents don't know? No, they don't. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I would never... I... It would be a burden for them, so I'd rather keep them in the dark. Yeah, and Gemini kind of just, like, scales her hand across the wall. Yeah, parents don't always understand. Tell me about your your life. Where were you before you came to Riverside? Oh, man, I'm going to be a downer today. I'm, I try not to be a downer to people. Uh, so... I lived on the move for a really long time. My whole family lived out of an RV, and we just kind of traveled around the country, and it was really cool until, uh... The Fire Nation attack? Sorry. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then my parents were gone, and it was just me and my brother. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Well, it was... Oh, man, it was, uh... Oh, that was five years ago at this point. I mean, not that it gets easier, but it's like, time flies, you know? Yeah. And then it was me and my brother until it wasn't anymore. Um, it was about the time that my parents died that that's when my powers manifested. Oh, man. And since we didn't have any other family to go to, me and my brother just uh, started going around the country and like we were trying out, you know, doing the hero thing. But we were just two, uh, you know, two 15 year olds. Uh, your brother has powers, too? Had. Hat? Oh, right. His power was actually power negation. Uh, so, like, he helped keep my powers in check sometimes. Oh, man. Again, I'm really sorry for your loss. Thanks. Uh, okay. But we should, uh, we should focus on the work a little bit. Yeah, true. And she kind of just peruses a little bit more into some of the shelving units where the money usually sits, but is empty now. Why don't you check over on that side for a second? Already did. Because, you know, the fast thing. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> give it another. Let's give it another check, though. Okay. And this time, roll perception. Um, 29. Oh, wow. When you look around, you know, you missed it on your first go. But now that you, know, you got Gemini on your mind, I guess, you find a single red hair. And uh, you notice near that hair is a fingerprint. Ooh, look what I found. Oh. Gemini's normal outfit is like basically kind of like Frank's. Like it's kind of like a combination coveralls jumpsuit sort of thing. Like it's union colors. It's a union suit. Um, And so from the one pocket, she has like a bunch of pockets on hers though. And she whips out like a small plastic bag and opens it. All right, let's, uh, let's tag that one. Okay. I mean, tons of people are in here, so, like, you never know. It might be something, it might not be, but... And anything else? Uh, well, there's also this fingerprint. Oh. Uh, and she kind of fats around at the different pockets. All right, all right. Uh, fingerprints, fingerprints, fingerprints. We gotta have something for this. Oh, wait. We have an app for this. And she pulls up the camera on her phone and kind of hovers it above the fingerprint. And all of a sudden you hear, ding! All right, cool, we got that one. Yeah, Markovic supplies uh, almost all the Union agents with, like, this... Superphone, it's pretty awesome. Camera is wicked, wicked good. Like, every pore on your face. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Let's, uh, let me do one other thing. And she pulls out a little piece and attaches it to the phone. And you hear, like, a light hum as she kind of waves it around the air. What is that? Uh, well, it's a prototype that Frank made. It's for detecting post-human energy. Oh, well, what about, would it not detect us? Exactly. Frank's been telling me to test it more in the field, though, so we're going to give it a try. All right. But I think we found everything we're going to find here. 
Uh, let's go let the bank manager know we're heading out. Okay. Hey, this is RC. Charity and fandom collide at Rebel Cause. They are a group of Star Wars fans dedicated to doing good in their community by raising money for the homeless. Co-founder Caden Stetler sat down with me to talk a bit about the group, whose fandom truly inspired him to start. A few years ago, I was actually watching uh, Star Wars Rebels, and I thought it was pretty awesome. The, the Rebels in that show actually took food to the Tarkin towns. They're like Hoovervilles. I just kind of was sitting there and I was like, man, I really wish I could do something like that. That would be awesome. And thought about it for a few minutes, and I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And so the saga, inspired by another saga, began. Care to learn more? You can find a link to Rebel Cause on our website at masksandmayhem.com support. Yardak. And we're back. Back at the party, uh, the tall, slick-backed, blonde-haired man has extended his arm to you, or extended his hand to you. Uh, okay, he seems a little smarmy. Um, I'll reach out and shake his hand and go, good evening. Uh, how's it going? Wonderful. I'm Tristan Wagner. This is, uh, my little get-together. Oh, this is your place. Yes, and you're Yardak, correct? That I am. Oh, thank you very much for coming out. How, how did you find out about our little soiree? Uh, yeah, I was invited by uh, Robert Irwin. Uh, he unfortunately couldn't make it with me tonight, so instead I brought my friend here, Clara Johansson. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, Clara, pleasure to meet you. And uh, also, when you shook hands with Tristan, Betsy gave you a bit of an eyebrow <laughs> because she remembers the first time that you met, you refused to shake her hand. That's why I will shake everybody's hand if I'm in front of Betsy. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, Mr. Irwin had a, a funny little experience with customs trying to get here. Ah, that was the snafu that uh, held him up, I see. Oh, he, he didn't tell you? No, I just got a sorry text. Hmm. Would you all care to join me in my private office? Ooh. Bernard, please, come, come along with me. Is he inviting Bernard or all of us? All of you. Oh, okay, then I will follow him. Okay. And you go into the office and there's many leather-bound books and the room smells of a rich mahogany. Wow, what a tool. Uh, can I roll a perception check on the room? You can. Nat 20. Dude, what is our nat 20s in perception today? Get wrecked. What was your total? Oh, uh, Perception 28. Uh, you notice a, uh, so there's a couple of different um, paintings on the wall depicting various major uh, historical battles throughout the ages. And you do notice that on one, uh, from the angle you're at, there's a slight hinge on it. Oh, bitch. All right, we got to distract him. <laughs> As you're entering, though, one of the guards stops you and Betsy and, and Bernard and waves a... Metal detector. Waves a medical... De uh, medical. <laughs> medical detector. You're alive. Go ahead. <laughs> One of the guards stops and waves a metal detector over you. Betsy had actually had you leave your spear behind. Yeah, I figured as we were going to a soiree. And you, you all come out clean, so... Uh, one of the waiters follows you in as well as one of the guards, and two guards are standing guard out front of the office. So there's two inside, two outside? Yeah. So there's no more guards that are patrolling the rest of everything. They're all... There's one guard in the room with you and two on the outside of the door. Oh, so, and then there's one in the party. Correct. Noted. Bernard, how have things been going in the docking industry? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Well, I do appreciate you making your way over here tonight. And Yardak, I, well, I certainly wasn't expecting you or your tall friend here. 
but I am very interested in uh, in why uh, Mr. Irwin had you join us tonight. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. How do I know him? Irwin? Yeah. That was never established. I'm going to think that Irwin's a good guy. No, you got held up by customs. Could have been a mix-up. <laughs> I have been meeting so many people uh, recently with the whole quote-unquote outing of my Atlantean status, so... People left and right have been inviting me to concerts. If you've seen that whole rigmarole with the beast at the Carly uh, quotation marks. <laughs> ah, yes. And he, uh, Wagner clinks his drink and spins. He has a nice uh, old fashioned globe. He's such a tool. God, I want to fight him so bad. All right. Give me the opportunity. I did hear about that whole rigmarole. Well, I'll. Want to hear more about that later, but Bernard, have you have you considered our offer about uh, allowing us some uh, special docking and shipping permissions? You know, letting our ships into your port. You, your Australia's custom customs laws are so restrictive and intensive, and and you know we have product that we need to move in there quicker. Ah, I, I I don't know, Tristan. It's uh, it's a little uh, it's a little lot to ask, you know. Hmm, I'll consider it more. Uh, perhaps by the end of this party, I'll have convinced you. And Yardak, I, um... Has there been any consideration from the, uh, Atlantean royal family about... Uh, well, perhaps doing some exchanges of technology and ideas between our cultures? Well, seeing as, uh, the last time the Atlanteans really matriculated with the humans, we were forced underwater. I don't think that they are going to be willing to work with anyone as of yet, let alone trading. I mean, that's quite understandable. Relationships and trust take time. But what about yourself? Is there any way you would consider some some trades, some information? You know? Ooh, see the fuck out of him. I mean, I might be friends with the royal family, but remember, I am not a royal myself. Uh, my word does only go so far. Once again, I guess uh, you said it best when trust takes time. Surely we can come to some kind of agreement that doesn't have to be anything big. I don't need you to tell me where Atlantis is, unless you're open to that kind of thing. But perhaps uh, I've I've heard telltale of how some of your technology is is quite advanced compared to ours. Uh, okay. I'm gonna try to pers- I'm gonna try to persuade him. To, uh, to trust me more? Or would that be more of a deception thing? Uh, I mean, it depends on what you're saying, if you're, what you're trying to convince him of. If what you're about to say is a lie... Not a lie. Like, I'm not going to say any lie. Okay. That, uh, yes, Atlanteans are really fond of our tech. Knowledge gained and given uh, potentially could be something that we might humor. Hmm. So I'm trying to like get him to want to tell me things. I'm trying oh, to grease no. the wheels. What is it that you would require for this exchange? Uh, that I am not 100% about. Uh, in fact, I really am not uh, too in the know of what I should expect tonight, even. Well, all cards on the table. I would be very interested in procuring some Atlantean weaponry. Thanks. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty steep slope to start on. In fact, we find most human weaponry primitive in the first place i'm not exactly sure the trade-off here 
Suddenly, Betsy chimes in, Bernard, would you help me uh, go procure some more refreshments? And Bernard's like, oh, yeah. And they walk out, leaving you and Tristan Wagner and the guard. I assume your friend is, uh, she doesn't seem to speak a lot of English, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah conversation she- is difficult. I'm sure the details of this conversation would be hard for her to relate to anyone else. You're right on that one. I mean, just getting through this night with her has been rough as it is. That's... Okay. Because you said that it would be hard for her to understand, I'm going to need you to roll deception. Saying that it was a hard night to get through is actually a truth for you because you don't like her. Yeah, it's all... Yeah, but you're deceived when you said you you are trying to convince him that you don't know, that she doesn't know English. 24. Okay. Oh, good, good. Well, let's continue our conversation. I'd, I'd like to get to know you better, Yardak. Yes, I would like to get to know you at all. You seem to be quite the figure. I have my influences, and he sits down at a leather chair at his desk and leans back. People come to me when they want to move things, when they need things. And, you know, there has been quite the clamoring these days with, uh... The new threats that are coming around the globe, you know, post-humans and aliens and all kinds of other beings and things from under the sea now. I hear you. I thought under the sea was bad. Then I came to the surface. (laughs) And he goes to say something else, but suddenly a woman bursts into the room. It's not Betsy, though. This woman is also on the taller side, and she looks very pale, but like ghastly pale. Vampire. Not quite. Tristan, we need to talk right now. Ah, Adrian. Glad you could make it. Is this a conversation that I need our friend to leave for? And she looks over at Yardak and goes, no, the Atlantean can stay. Oh, so she knows who I am, obviously. (laughs) My product isn't where you said it's going to be. If it's not there tomorrow, I'm pulling the funds. And suddenly he puts his drink down hard on the desk. Your product will be where it needs to be, Adrian. Don't touch my money. She goes to turn around, just looks back over her shoulder and just says, make your end of the bargain work. I'm so sorry for that interruption, Yardak. Uh, (laughs) You know these Silicon Valley types. We're in D.C. (laughs) I know. So so you deal a lot with uh, the upper crust? Uppermost layers, I like to believe. What was uh, Dark Haired Lady's deal? Oh, you don't know Adrian? That's Adrian Hughes. She, uh... Venture capitalist, uh, kind of has her fingers in everything these days. She uh, wants some of the products that I have access to. Now, Yardak, certainly there is something in this world you want. Everyone has something they want, and I'm sure that whatever it is you want, I can get for you. All I need to know is you know, some basic things. How do I make weapons uh, from the Atlantean technology, for example? Don't worry, don't worry, don't tell me now. I know, I know, trust is built, but... I am very interested in knowing what I can do to convince you. Maybe uh, if I see how you deal with other clients and their successes, maybe I might be a little more inclined to trust you with my own endeavors. And he finishes his drink and says, duly noted. Ruby, uh, do me a favor and roll a f- and make a filmmaking check. Okay. Oh. Cool, I rolled a 30. I'm real good at filmmaking. Yay. All right. Things on set are moving again. Uh, Azra is getting her her scenes in. 
and everyone is just really set. You're just about done for the day, though. Okay. Well, 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 if it isn't the next Kubrick. I was like, I'm going to assume this is the asshole from film school. You turn around and Beckett Smith, your old film school rival, is there. And despite it being in the high 80s, he is wearing all black with a long sleeve t-shirt, jeans, and a beret. I, I'm going to turn around and be like, I, are you about to pass out? Why are you wearing, like, a winter hat? He takes a huff from his jewel before walking closer. Oh, Jesus God. <laughs> well, I was just enjoying the downtown scenery when I decided I wanted to take a look at the rougher part of town. He said, eyeing up your camera and your van in the neighborhood. Well, this neighborhood's actually pretty safe, so might want to go a little farther. So, uh, let's say things are still going well with the film. I know there's been some setbacks. You've been disappearing at all sorts of times. Things are going great. I just felt like saying, why are you so obsessed with me? (laughs) (laughs) Things are going great. Just, you know, sometimes other parts of life happen. Oh, really? Because, you know, a bunch of your team, like your, you know, your, your lighting guys and some of your audio editors, they've all, you know, jumped ship over to my team. I just thought, you know, maybe there's uh, something you need some help with. You know, we never got along when we did projects at film school. I think we really shouldn't work together. Oh, but, but Ruby, think of, of Jobs and Gates. Some people are made better by, by their rivals. The amount of yelling that would happen for both of us at each other is not conducive for actually getting work done. And he looks taken aback and he puts his hand on his chest and he says, Yelling for me? You know I, I keep calm and rational in all of our discussions. Yeah. I saw after a fight where you were quite loud, your face got real red, and then you had to leave the room. And I'm pretty sure you were about to cry. You weren't even supposed to be there for that. Don't bring it up again. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I'm not mad that you, like, showed an emotion. Just, we obviously should not work together is the point of all of this. Oh, that's fair. Bethany, what do you think? And Bethany goes, um, I think you should go? (laughs) Well, Ruby... You know how to get in touch with me if uh, if you ever, you know, want to up your game. No, I think I'm good. And he looks up and he goes, Azra, let's get drinks tonight. And Azra goes, yeah, okay. Okay, Beckett. Was that sarcasm? I don't know. You'd have to ask Azra about that. I guess I'll do an insight check, see. Nat 20. Apparently I'm very insightful. <laughs> what is with all these nat 20s tonight? I don't know. Um, Time to up the game. From the way she was moving, like you could tell Azra was totally keeping calm and cool, but like you think she's going to take him up on it. Okay. Are we, uh, and Azra like stops texting our phone. Are we going to get back to, get back to work? Yeah. Be careful around him. Like do, do whatever you like. You're doing a huge favor for me, but he tends to be kind of manipulative. All right. Thanks, mom. Myra, you and Gemini arrive back at Echo Base, and you make your way upstairs to the lab, and you can see that well, Director Bullard's office is dark, and the door is closed, and the doctor's office is dark, and the door is closed, and most of the agents are kind of just working on a couple things, but you turn your way into the lab section, which you've never actually been in before, 
And there's a couple people in white lab coats running around and they're checking on different vials and a couple of them are checking on machinery. And uh, one of them is uh, has a bunch of orderly vials, which look like blood samples, all in a nice container. Is it a good idea for me to tell them to be careful with those? Well, no, no, those are all in nice and orderly fashion, okay. like a circular u- a holding unit. Lydia needs to learn. Gemini walks up to a rather normal looking dude. Uh, he's got his uh, white lab coat on. He's got like a button up on underneath it and a little tiny like soul patch. Oh, okay. Oh, hey, Gemini. It's good to see you. Hey, Sloan. Yeah, we got a mission from Lewis. Uh, I need you to check on these uh, on these samples. I've got a hair follicle and a uh, fingerprint that I'll send you via the internal system. And he goes, cool, cool, cool. What uh, What's going on? Anything I should know about? Are, we're not really at liberty to say, are we? Gemini looks over at you and says, uh, Lewis just has us working on something. We'll, we'll let you know about it soon. Have you guys met before? Uh, no. Hi, I'm Myra. Hi, Sloan Matthews. And he, and he shakes your hand. Shakes back? I, I, uh, yeah, we haven't met before. I'm, uh, I'm Dr. Alvarado's assistant. Oh, okay. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, I've seen you guys around, you know, uh, you, you zipping about. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, what you'd call a fresh recruit. Very cool, very cool. Uh, yeah, let me go run this test real quick. Awesome. It's gonna be a little while, though, Gemini. Uh, I hope you're not in any big rush today. We got a lot going on. And Gemini's, like, just kind of points over her shoulder with her thumb, like, get to work. <laughs> she sits on a bar stool next to the lab space, uh, opens another pixie stick and eats it. Wow. I should probably eat some real food, but, you know. I was about to suggest that. <laughs> we'll, we'll hit the mess when we're done for the day. True. Have you known Sloan long? Uh, let me see. I've been with Union for two years. I've been at Echo Base for like a year and a half now. I'm trying to think if he started right when I did. I, he, he must have started right when I did or right before, because, yeah, he's been here the whole time I have. Okay, so you guys are about the same when it comes to experience. Yeah, they're about, he's, you know, strictly indoorsy, you know, these white coats. Right, and you're more of the hands-on action type. I believe my uh, technical title is post-human operative. I was just wondering, because everyone here is pretty strange for me. So, how long have you been in Riverside? Um, a few years. Before I came to Riverside, my family and I lived in Jersey. Oh, cool, cool. I, uh, well, I made my way through Jersey once or twice. You know, nice parts, bad parts, just like any any state. How long have you had your powers for? Uh, it's been a few years. What triggered it actually was, much like you, an event that wasn't very happy for me. I was in a relationship that I didn't really want to be in, and I wanted to find a way out. And then the next thing I knew, I was running really fast, literally away. And you think you're going to stick with Union? I think I will, at least for a little bit. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, we need we need more positive energy around here. I do my best. And uh do you know where everyone is though? Like I was I was wondering that too. It seems very dark and empty other than this room. I guess I mean the bullpen is kind of uh hit or miss, you know, with all the agents, a lot of them are out in the field doing stuff, but I'm just not used to uh, Alvarado and uh, and Bullard not being here. It's a little weird. Myra, can you uh, can you keep a secret? For you, definitely. Because, like, I could talk with Ruby and Yardak about it, but it's just been... Nah, never mind. It's fine. It's fine. What's wrong? 
no, 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 no. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, what do, where, where's the doctor? That's weird, isn't it? Come on, Gemini, you can tell me. Persuasion, I have one, so let me roll. I can't tell if this is a six or a nine. How do I know that? A six, I usually have a dot towards the bottom. Towards the bottom? Okay, damn. I rolled a seven then. Seven total? Yeah. She kind of wanted to tell her in the first. Yeah, it seemed like... Intimidate next. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus. My intimidation is just as terrible as my persuasion, just putting that up. I've just... Ever since we got back from space, I've been off, and I can't quite place it. Has Have uh, Ruby or Yardak mentioned anything like weirdness to you? No. How do you mean weird? Like your powers feel different? Like Kinda? Like headaches Ooh. and had trouble sleeping and just no? Oh yes? man, mm. no. None of them have mentioned anything like that. I can I can now see why you're a little bit more concerned about the doctor not being in right now. I've just been dancing around telling Lydia some things because I don't really want to be taken off the field. I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't need this job. I'm sure I could do something else, but like, I like this work. I get that. It's totally, it's like you're calling and you don't want to be taken off the field when you love what you do. Um, and, and it's like, you know, Rickard was in a coma. That's a better excuse for not being out in the field when you want to be. I still think you should really tell her because this could be your life we're talking about. Like, life a life-threatening problem, which hopefully it's not, but it's better to be safe. You think I should tell her if it's more than that, too? What do you mean by that? Well, I'll talk to the doctor. You can't just bring something like that on me, Gemini. Do you want to try to persuade her again? Yes. Better rolls. (laughs) 17 plus 1 is 18. Did they tell you about Unibon? Yeah, actually they did. He was like, it was weird. He was like, we took him down fairly quickly, but he was like, I touched him and I felt like power, like real power, you know? Oh, okay. And just like, when I, it's subtle usually, but when I, when I take these abilities, I, like, I don't take them, but I, I, I get a little bit of the person I'm picking it up from. And does it ever, does it leave you when you, when you touch the next person or, or do you, does a bit of it stay with you forever? My powers are a little hard to like quantify like that, but like usually if I release one power to pick up another or, you know, it depends on how many powers I'm picking up at a time, like the more, the more powerful the ability, the more it sticks with me. Okay. That makes sense. So do you think maybe Unibom ha- like has a bigger hold on you? I don't know, but I keep having these weird dreams. Ooh. And I don't and I don't like it. Yeah, I I can totally understand. This Intel drop was brought to you by Control Alt Quinn on Twitch. Mira the Mystic is Earth's most powerful mage, having held the title for over a century now. She grew up in Victorian England and obsessively learned magic, growing exponentially more adept. Her thirst for knowledge did not go unnoticed, though. Mira was lured in by a cult of vampiric sorcerers who planned to sacrifice the new mage. But their plan was foiled by the Alward Society, who saved Mira and took her under their wing. 
She resettled in America and dove deeper into her studies. During these years' training, she outpaced every expectation the society had for her. With growing resentment, some in the group eventually tried stifling her abilities. This culminated in a deadly fight with her mentor, after which Mira broke ties with the organization. Mira's power has allowed her to maintain near immortality. She acts in a self-appointed role as Earth's protector against mystical threats. After throwing herself into the role for over 50 years, though, she grew detached from society, until a chance encounter with another adventurer reoriented her focus on humanity. In the late 1980s, Mira had a daughter, Serena. Like her mother, she also held an obsession for the mystic. As Serena showed signs of turning down a dark path, Mira reconnected with the Allward Society. She hoped they would train Serena like Mira once had been. But this only spurned her relationship with her daughter. After Serena's training completed, she fled, only popping up from time to time in the pursuit of power. Mira has been chasing her ever since. This Intel Drop was brought to you by Control-Alt-Quinn on Twitch. Looking for a stream featuring a rotating library of fun and engaging titles, along with quirky irreverent humor? You can find a link to her channel at masksandmayhem.com support. Yardak, back at the party. Tristan guides you out back to the soiree. Well, Yardak, I'm sure we'll talk more, right? It looks like we will be spending some more time with each other. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. Excuse me, I need to speak with other people. Just start talking smarmy, because he's talking smarmy. Betsy walks back over, and Bernard is still with her, and he looks smitten. Uh, Betsy looks at Bernard and says, Can you go get us some more refreshments? And he goes, and he nods, and he goes off towards the next, you know, looking at all the different servers. Some of them have, like, you know, cheeses and meats, and some of them have drinks. It's a fancy party. And she looks at you and goes, What'd you find out? Uh, he is currently in cahoots with, uh, her name is Adrian Hughes. She's some sort of adventure capitalist that's pretty Did much- Did you say adventure capitalist? Adventure capitalist. It's a venture capitalist. Venture capitalism is a- <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I want you to keep with that. Because no, that goes off. with Yardak not, uh, knowing, doing normal human <laughs> phrases. Okay, okay, I'll roll with that then. Apparently, he's not moving her, quote, product, and she's hmm. threatening to not pay him, and he got quite angry, but tried to keep it under wraps. Otherwise, he was asking me some very intense questions about Atlantean weaponry, which I didn't like, but I tried to sway him to my side so I can try to get my own intel from him. All right, very good. And I think, well, I think he spooked Bernard. Keeps asking me if I want to get out of here. I think Bernard is uh, thinking something else entirely, Betsy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure of it, but at least it gets him out of this place. And Betsy looks around. I didn't expect Hughes to be here. She hasn't been on our radar. I mean, you know, she's a known figure. She, she's got a lot of money, but I, I don't know any reason why she'd be mixed up with this. You know, it's suspect to say the least. We should get moving soon. Yeah, I don't like this uh, Wagner guy. He really rubs me the wrong way. Suddenly, Adrian actually makes her way past you, like making a straight line for Tristan, and she kind of shoulder checks you, and she just grunts, and you hear her uh, actually make a perception roll for me real quick. 23. Under her breath, you hear her say, fucking Gilneck. Gil? Uh, first of all, Adrian, you know what? I well, first off, you heard her say that under her breath. Yeah, and? And I'm a can I confront her? And, and Betsy kind of grabs your arm and says, keep it cool, keep it cool. Do you rebuff Betsy or do you go with it? All right, Clara, I guess it's not the proper time. Just know she's on the list. And you look over and you see Adrian 
like very heatedly, but like in a whisper talking with with Wagner. And she is like pointing down at her hand, pointing like out towards the out towards the river. And then she like makes a very purposeful, angry point at you. All right. I'm going to turn to Bullard and say, do you know what she's on about? No, but I don't like it. Let's go. Yeah, let's uh, make a hasty but subtle exit. All of a sudden, you hear a slight whistle, and you realize that it was Wagner who is trying to get your attention, and he is walking with Adrian towards you. Yardak, Yardak, leaving so soon? Uh, yeah, I figure with our conversation, I think I was going to get the most I could out of this uh, party. I got the got to talk to you. And I'm sorry, what did you say your friend's name was again? Her name, uh, Clara Johansson. She's from Sweden. Roll deception. You know what? I'm going to use a hero point. Okay. <laughs> if I roll this and I use a hero point and it's worse, can I keep my first roll? Yes. Okay. Does that count? It hit yes. something. Fuck. Fine. It's a 19. And he goes, see Adrian? Just some friend of, of Yardax. And Adrian points at both of you and goes, no. I've seen her face somewhere. I know she's someone, and I know that he's been all, on all kinds of missions lately. Do you even read the papers, Tristan? Please, Yardak, assure my friend here that there's no reason that we should not trust your Swedish friend. Yes, Claire can barely keep up a conversation with me, and I'm going to lean in to whisper to her. Yeah, I'm not really sure why she's with me, but favor for a friend. You know how these things work. And this uh, is actually when Bernard walks up and he goes, what do you mean? She speaks perfect English. God damn it. talking to him in an accent the whole time. Yeah, but she can, she understands what I'm saying. She's been responding to everything I've been saying. Huh. I'm afraid we're going to have to have another conversation in my office. Can, can I get you anything to drink? Anything to eat? Um, no, no, no. I'm, I'm quite okay. I had my fill out here as we were walking around. And then suddenly you feel the gun from one of the guards at your back kind of nudging you forward. So I turn to look at Tristan over my shoulder and I say to him, if at any point in the future you expect to get your hands on any sort of Atlantean technology, I suggest that you have this man walk away immediately. Roll decept- or roll uh, intimidation. Nat 20. Oh, Yeah! Dude, that's my second that 20. Yeah, that never happens. This is ridiculous. And Tristan waves the guard away. Can't be too careful these days, Yardak. I apologize. I'm going to very pointedly look at Adrian and say, might be a little careful with who I do business with if I were you. And she glares at you and glares at Betsy. And Betsy kind of grabs your arm and says, we go now? <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here, Clara. I feel like my time here is spent. And you all go, and Bernard falls along and gets in the elevator with you. And you see Adrian scrolling around on her phone, and as the doors to the elevator close, you hear her say, Holy shit, stop them! She's with Union! Myra, you're back at Union Echo Base waiting for the results of the analysis. Sloan walks up to you and goes, Yeah, um, so we got a, a hit on the thumbprint and the hair follicle. I don't think you said this was uh, first uh, first National Bank of Riverside, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she works there. I don't think like it's an employee. 
yeah, I don't think like it's much to worry about, but like I got I got a name and an address if you want to check it out. It's the same person for the hair and the fingerprint? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, okay, I guess. All right. Uh, Sloan presses some buttons on his tablet, and you get a little notification ding, and it's a file about the results. And it lists off a name, Emily Victoria Hahn, and it lists an address across town. Okay. I mean, I was about to be like, to tell Gemini, uh, let's go check out this person and see what they know. Yeah, definitely. Gemini actually is borrowing Agent Lewis's simple, practical Honda Civic. (laughs) (laughs) And so on the way there, Gemini pulls out her phone and dials Ruby. Hey! Uh, Am I like wrapping up the film stuff now, I'm guessing? No, you're still shooting some scenes. Hey, Jim, what's up? Hey, Ruby, we're uh, we're on a mission. You wanna you wanna join along? Little girls' night fun? Um, that would be cool. Uh, one moment. Let me double check something. I'm gonna ask Bethany. How many more scenes do we have? I mean, when we made the schedule this morning. You said we still have like two or three. You wanted to get done. Okay. There's still time. It's only mid afternoon. That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh. Would you mind if I meet up, and then go back on the phone, would you mind if, hmm, I'm trying, would you mind if I meet up with you, got, uh, you a little later, I have something I need to finish up first. Yeah, sure, just, uh, you know, give us a holler when you're free. Okay, great. Uh, around, uh, this time? Before I get off the phone, I say, if, if an emergency comes up, you know, tell me, and I'll rush over. Sounds good, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. You're saying something about me and who? Gemini? Gemini and I. So Gemini looks at you and says, all right, Ruby's not joining along with us. Oh, like we're not going to wait for her? I mean, I at least want to, I figure like, you know, I want to get this checked out. That's true. We could just fill her in later. Exactly. I mean, like, like Sloane was saying, I mean, she works at the bank. You don't usually rob the place you work at. That's usually kind of dumb. Right, right. And she might know something about the person who did. Exactly. So, you know, we're just going to check into it. All right, let's go. Um, And you make your way across town and you park in front of a decent, like, I'd say lower or upper lower class or lower middle class house. You know, it's kind of hard to tell, but it's, uh, you know, okay place. Okay. And you walk up to the door and Gemini looks at you and says, you want to take point on this one? Uh, okay. And she kind of like gestures to you towards the door. So I knock on it. And you hear a voice from the other side. Hello? Hi, Emily? Yes. May I ask what this is about? Do you work at the First National Bank of Riverside? Yeah, I've been there for like two years. And she kind of opens the door slightly. She's like a little on the shorter side. She has bright red hair. She's got glasses. So she asks, is something wrong today? It's been, I've... I've taken- I'm on vacation right now. Uh, well, there was a robbery at the bank, and it was very unusual because there's no evidence that anything was broken into. Sorry, before you continue, I should establish, uh, what is your outfit right now? Uh, oh, am I supposed to look (laughs) probably legit? Um, did I get, like, a badge or something from Union when I got recruited? Yes. Okay. Like, it's like a trainee- it's like a trainee badge, but it's a badge. Okay, so I'm wearing my normal- like a t-shirt with like black 
pants, and a blazer. I don't look too professional, but I also don't look, like, not. <laughs> and I, have, and I have my scarf on, yeah, around my neck. Um, with, so the badge is there. And so when I tell Emily this, um, I sort of pull it out at the same time, just so that she knows that I'm not just a random person asking weird questions. Uh, so I tell Emily, there was a robbery at the bank and it was highly unusual because there was no evidence of anything actually being broken into, but there's security footage of someone clearly walking in and out a few times and they left with exactly the federally insured amount. I was just wondering if you knew anything about it because we found a hair follicle and a fingerprint on the scene and you're the name it matched. I mean, I, I've i worked at that bank for a while now, I said. I mean, who knows when, when that came through. You sh- you're you sure you don't know anything about the robbery or the person? No, I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. Do you, have a, do you have a warrant? Am I uh, Am I being interrogated? Am I being held? No, we were just trying to get some information. Well, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I'm not comfortable with this line of questioning. Okay. And as Emily goes to close the door, Gemini puts her arm out and says, No, you know what? We, uh, we need you to come downtown with us for some questions for some uh, more questions. And Emily tries to push the door even more closed, but Gemini just has her arm kind of locked and keeps her from being able to. I'm, uh, I don't know if you could tell, but Myra's not an, a very aggressive person. <laughs> and uh, Gemini looks at you and kind of nods towards the door, like, hey, come on, a little help here. So then I... I'm trying to think of a way I could use my speed to to do something. Can I, like, vibrate the the handle off so that it doesn't matter if she closes the door? If you want to. Uh, what do I roll? roll? Unarmed attack check. Okay, unarmed attack is... Okay, maybe I have some hope here. 11 plus 10 is 21. All right, uh, and you vibrate your hand through, and the handle kind of just splits apart into two pieces and falls on the ground. At this point, Emily backs away from the door, allowing Gemini to open it, and she goes, what the hell? I guess you're coming with us. And looks like she's about to, like, run away. Oh, no, you don't. And I grab her, because I'm fast. All right, make a uh, make another uh, unarmed attack check for a grab roll. Oh, 11. I rolled a 1. <laughs> you go to reach for her, stumble forward, and as you do, uh, she emits, like, a slight yellow glow. And you actually slip right through her. Oh my god. What just happened? And she just looks, turns around like really fast towards you and says, no one gets to touch me. It's you. And at that point, Gemini tackles forward, but also uh, goes through her. Oh, but did she pick, did you get her powers? At this point, Emily turns around and looks towards both of you. And she actually does like a backflip and flips out through the front door. Dramatic exit. Gemini's kind of like flips over because uh, she like tackled forward. Mm-hmm. And now she's like sitting down on the ground. Did you get her powers? And Gemini looks down at her hands and says, no. What? Even if it's just an energy, I usually get something to copy. That's really odd. Myra, how do we capture someone that can't be held? Chapter 4. Life of the Party 
Masks and Mayhem uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Press. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and filmed in front of a live studio audience by myself, R.C. Viler. You can subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at MayhemCast. Follow us there so you can see cool behind-the-scenes pictures. This week's new NPC names based on listeners are Alex, that's at underscore Nataroma, and Emily Hahn, at stiletto underscore snake. If you'd like to be included as an NPC, you can tweet about the show using the hashtag MayhemCast. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. Thank you.